Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back this week starting our new series, My Beloved Twilight Saga. And today we're discussing the first half of the first book, Twilight, the best time for vampires. So specifically today, we'll be talking about chapters 1 through 13. And this is also our 25th episode, which is just crazy. Time is just flying by. Yeah, time really, really does fly. Two series down, and we're diving into our third For anyone who's into our show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends and roommates, and we're reading and rereading young adult literature from our childhood and adolescence, and we're sharing these books with each other. And we started the show with the series that I had read before, Percy Jackson, and Charles read it for the first time. Then we moved on to the Flamel books, which is a series that Charles has read and I had never read before. And now we are back to a series I have read a bunch of times, actually. And somehow Charles has never read them, which is kind of understandable. So he gets to give us our summaries and get the ball rolling. Yep, I am back on summary duty. Well, we meet Bella Swan. She's a high school junior from Phoenix, and she moves to Forks, Washington to live with her father, even though she's never really liked being up north. Immediately at her new school, she's sort of enamored with a beautiful and mysterious boy, Edward Cullen. Bella is navigating a new relationship with her dad, new friends at school, her debilitating clumsiness, and her increasing feelings for Edward. She starts to notice a bunch of supernatural aspects about Edward and some strange powers of his. And basically with a tip-off from a family friend named Taylor Lautner, Bella figures out that Edward is a vampire, and he basically admits it to her. And their chemistry continues to heighten as Bella, who is generally a solitary person, starts to open up to Edward, and Edward starts to reveal some vampire secrets to her. And there's a lot of romance and hormones. And I can get in with my first impression of the reading as is our custom. First off, I want to say that I think this is not the most complex of books. I think the syntax is pretty simple. The descriptions are kind of bland, and the plot is very linear. And I know from social media and just pop culture that the series is always sort of bashed for being bad writing. And while I would probably so far lean towards the fact that I think it's poorly written, I'm not a writer, and I don't want to tear down Stephanie Meyer because... I don't know if I could write a novel, let alone four. Plus, she's written a bunch of other stuff, too. So uh, rather than saying she's a bad writer, I'm going to say I just don't think it's the most complex, um, like, writing style or read, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But, like, especially after the Flamel books, which, while content-wise, were not that complex, like, it's definitely more linguistically interesting, I would say. And, like, the plot construction is more interesting. So that's one of the things I definitely noticed because it was a very drastic change we go from having like seven plot lines at once to just following bella straight through for 13 chapters and i'm sure we'll talk about this down the line but as i was rereading my notes and i was thinking about like what i noticed in the reading it's that bella's clumsiness needs some sort of explanation like she's very clumsy everyone tells her she's clumsy and like it's it's been it's already become such a large personality aspect of hers in 13 chapters like it's probably the number one defining thing i've gotten about her besides the fact that she likes edward that so i'm really looking forward to the explanation as to why she's so clumsy well we can save clumsiness for a down the line later in the episode but i'll just go ahead and give my impressions quickly so like i'm sure i'll say lots of times i do know these books super well i've read them multiple times but something I did again. Somehow I always forget how quickly the scene with Edward saving Bella from being hit by the van happens. Like it happens in the third chapter. And every single time I read it, I'm like, wow, that was that was fast. I didn't realize it was that early in the book. But so that happened again. But overall, I'm just excited to read these with more of an analytical eye and like kind of analyzing it because obviously I've never read them thinking like that. It's obviously like like Charles said, I totally agree. It's not it's definitely not a very complex story. It's very straightforward. 
and not necessarily the most interesting style of writing, but I mainly just like it because I enjoy the story. I enjoy what happens as opposed to how it's written. But like I said, I'm just really looking forward to kind of diving a little bit deeper and analyzing it, I guess. Yeah, I noticed that too, like, because obviously, like, everyone knows what the premise of Twilight is, as Bella Swan meets Edward Cullen when he's a vampire. And, like, I think it's chapter one where she meets him or she sees him for the first time. Or it's either chapter one or chapter two, because in chapter three, she almost gets hit by the van. And I was like, wow, we meet the love interest immediately. Like, I didn't realize, because of course I never read it, how quickly we hit the ground running with, like, she's infatuated with this boy in the first chapter. I mean, yeah, that's the premise of the story. Also, because I'm thinking, I think also why, which I'm sure we'll talk about more, the, like, bad writing, like, quote, whatever, that doesn't bother me so much because, like, when there's the bad writing, like, because Charles (laughs) was texting me some quotes while we were reading, and I was like, to me, I just find it funny, and I know, I'm sure Charles, Charles hears me giggling in my room while I'm reading, (laughs) and, like, I laugh at the things that are so, like, ridiculous, but I just find it funny but it's still, like, I still enjoy the story. So I don't know. Maybe if you look at it more of, like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> this is comedy. It's funny. Like, that's, I think, why it doesn't bother me. I mean, it didn't bother me as much either. And again, I'm, like, you know this, and probably the listeners can already figure out that I'm, like, very much against bashing any artists for making their art. Like, we're both creative people. You know, again, I didn't write the books. So, you know, but... I, I text you the quotes, too, because they're freaking hysterical. Like, That's what I'm I'll saying. try to pull so, like, some out for the end of the episode. Like, just lines that, like, I was like, this is hysterically bad writing. And, like, the well, fact the that these characters say it to each other. the one you whatever was the, um, she's like, my stomach was already full of butterflies. <laughs> like, that's that, funny. Like, I don't know. <laughs> just think of it kind of like, it's, don't take it too seriously. Oh, well, I'm definitely not doing that. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. Right away, we meet Bella, and she's kind of meh. Like, she moves to to Wisconsin, Washington, even though she doesn't really like it. And she has a good reason, but it's not exactly, like, an inspiring personality trait that she's like, it's just going to be easier for everyone else if I move somewhere that I hate. Yeah. And pretty, pretty quickly, we figure out that she's very solitary, and she likes to be alone, but she's not lonely, which is, you know, an important distinction, like... I was trying to think of the right word. I think solitary is a really good word for her because it's not like she's not lonely. She just likes to be her own company. She's comfortable being alone. Like she's she's extremely introverted. But specifically, Bella says that she doesn't feel like she relates to people and that she kind of sees the world differently. And in the book it says, but the cause didn't matter. All that mattered was the effect. So I think by that line, Stephanie Meyer was probably more worried about wasn't or she was not she wasn't worried about explaining why Bella is so different she didn't feel like giving a reason it's just that she is and that is why as the book's gone that's why her reactions to learning that Edward is a vampire and just learning more and more about this vampire world is she's going to have very specific reactions that probably the average human being wouldn't yeah like if she related to humans a little more she probably wouldn't be quite as chill with the guy wanting to eat her you know, like we meet the Cullens who are eventually like revealed to be vampires, you know, and like I said, we meet them really, really quickly. And, you know, once we once Bella realizes that he wants to eat her, she's like, I still love him. But again, that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Well, not not yet. She literally well, says also that. Because you're saying that we meet them quickly. Well, hold on. You're saying we meet the vampires really quickly. We've only really met Edward. Obviously, we see the Coens, but we haven't met them all yet. Yeah, we've actually spent more time with but Carlisle. I guess because did you from your from your yeah we meet Carlisle from your assumption? Did you think like there was going to be more of like her on her own? I guess at the beginning of the book. Yeah, just like more introduction to like her life. But again, her life doesn't have a lot of things going on in it. So. Her life is pretty boring <laughs> and bland. So, yeah. the, I mean, honestly, like. How I take it to is Bella's life was meaningless, basically, until she met the Cullens and she finds meaning. Yeah, we're going to talk about that anti-feminist sentiment. What? <laughs> the fact that her life is meaningless until she finds a partner. Well, it, but, ever, but to me, like, because feminism is the idea that women who find power in having a partner to me is still feminism because it's about equality and it's also about the idea of just, like, for women who, like, want to just be a stay-at-home mom and have children is just as strong as a woman who wants to have a super strong career. 
Like, it shouldn't matter. Definitely, It should be whatever makes you it's, happy. It's about her choice. Exactly. It's about choice yes. is the idea of, obviously, if she was full, when women are forced in that position, that's terrible. But the fact is, if that's your choice. But I'm just saying specifically for her character, yeah. how we're saying she's boring and bland. I'm like, I think that's the point. If she was a more interesting character and a more confident person, she wouldn't have gotten caught up in the world. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's true. Okay, we're getting way yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So. <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's start with Bella going to school. So, yeah. Well, she goes to school and she she doesn't like she has a really good grasp of everyone. Like she as she as soon as she meets each character, she kind of understands them. Like she some she sizes them up really quickly, but she doesn't really seem to care. Like we see later on that she uses her like knowledge of people to like manipulate Taylor Lautner, but she doesn't care about using it to, like, be friends with people. Like, she doesn't need to engage with other people. Yeah, she doesn't, yeah, have that necessary, like, she needs that. She doesn't have that desire all the time. But Bella is aware, she knows that, obviously, Mike is very interested in her, as well as some of the other boys at school. And she mentions how she's going to eventually have to do something about that, and she's never had to do that before. But I also just was noting how she's an extremely observant person, like how... She obviously she pays a lot of attention to Edward because she's interested in him and the Collins in general. But like she notices the change in eye color with Edward really quickly. And that's something obviously I think they said they've been living there for two years and no one else has ever noticed that. Which is crazy because like this this is where we like move into a little bit of fiction. I mean, I guess people don't really look at them that much. They kind of try to stay away from them. How Edward explains is how normal humans react to them is obviously they're really beautiful, but in their, like in the human's mind, you still have in the back of your head that like, they're so beautiful. It's kind of scary. So you avoid them. So you're probably never really looking at them that closely. Whereas Bella, since she just ignores all instinct and is so interested and also doesn't have an idea, doesn't have as much of a self-preservation. She passes by that and keeps looking. So that's why she's able to pick up on little details. Like she says, how she notices no one eats, like how they move is like weird. Like, whereas most people are like, oh, they just avoid them and ignore them more. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like for me though, like as someone who has, I mean, my eyes are not black, but they're very close to black. Like if all of a sudden I had light eyes one day, I feel like people would notice, but I totally agree that it's like Edward even, yeah, you're right. He says like, we're kind of alien to people, so they kind of just avoid us. And also I would say just kind of like going to the last series in the Flamels, how they talked about humans, like they'll just explain away anything. Mm-hmm. So like even if, let's say, some random person did notice that their eyes changed, they'd be like, they got context. Like they wouldn't think too much of it because that's just kind of how we function. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Bella's observant. Like she's really observant, and we'll see that continue. But she's really clumsy. I, I've got to bring it up. Um, I, I, I've got to. She keeps <laughs> tripping. Like she's so observant. She sees like everything. She notices that her dad put like ice chains on her her car, but she almost gets hit by a van. Like, ugh. okay, but that's that's what was she going to do? Why did she like? You've seen the movie. You've seen the first movie, right? Remember no. how that scene happens? Like, it's one of those split-second moments where, like, sometimes people freeze. And we know Bella's not, like, first of all, if she's, I mean, we'll see later, but, like, a flight, she's going to trip. So she's not going to run. Like, well, but I, that one I don't see. Like, that one, I you just freeze in the moment. It happens so fast. But the, the van scene is important because it's really what ignites her spark for Edward. Because Safari's just been rude to her. But it's the fact that, like, she he saves her. And she's always thought he was pretty. But then she finds out he has a secret. And that's what draws her in, like, trying to figure it out. And so that's what really makes her want him. But I want to talk more about the clumsiness because it really has annoyed me the most so far. Because I know. we've talked about this before we started recording. And I, like, because I wrote, it was probably, like, every fifth note, it was, like, why are we still talking about this? Because it feels like way too big of a character trait to not have any sort of explanation. Now, don't spoil it for me, Asia. I don't want to know what the explanation is, but like there's going to be one. Right? I guess. I I, I don't remember a specific explanation on her clumsiness, but we will see. Maybe there's something hidden in there that I just never picked up on because obviously for me, I've never 
thought too much of it. I just take it as she's a clumsy person. Mm -hmm. She's an excessively clumsy person, but I don't take it as like it, that never bothered me enough to be like, I need to know why. Yeah. But this is one of those moments that like the fact that you've read it before and I haven't like, cause that was literally like probably the biggest thing I took away from this reading was horny and clumsy. And (laughs) like, but anyway, but I, I did look at the book to look at the clumsiness, and I since you, you finished the reading before I did, I made sure to look and kind of know specific points where they point out her clumsiness, and the first, the first, or one of the first times they mention her, like, tripping is she's in trigonometry class or whatever, and it's the first day of school, Bella, that's one of the only classes she had to stand up in front of the class and introduce herself, and we know she's super shy, doesn't like to be the center of attention, so it says how, you know, she's blushing, and on her way back to her seat, she trips. And so I was like, maybe that could point to, maybe she gets more clumsy. Like maybe she has social anxiety. Like, cause it, that's, that to me seems like a pretty clear, like diagnosis. She definitely probably does. She hates being the center of attention and she just, she, she doesn't like to be in the spotlight. And I feel like as the book goes on from what I'm remembering, I feel like when she gets most clumsy is when she's nervous. And specifically she's always nervous around Edward so I could see that being a possible reason, not not to explain everything, obviously, because there's other times where I'm sure she's going to be clumsy, not having anything to do with being nervous, but we'll see. Um, and then obviously we learn she's specifically uncoordinated, and that's why she's really terrible in gym, which like there are people, that is something that people, you're just uncoordinated. You don't have the hand-eye coordination. You can't do it. That's why you usually don't participate in sports and stuff. So that to me, like, I don't think that needs an explanation, right? Yeah, and I I think that that's actually a really good explanation to, like, a social anxiety and a not wanting to be the center of attention because we're both dancers. I like to think of myself as a relatively coordinated person, but in gym class, when everyone is looking at you, I never, like, I would be, re- I was never good at gym class. The fact, also the fact that Bella has to take four years of PE is criminal. Like, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the most <laughs> terrible details. <laughs> Which I wrote that down. I was like, I, was like, I took one this? year of gym and then one year of dance Counting as gym in high we school. Had to do, you had to do two years of some kind of athletic thing at my yeah. school, whether that was PE or a sport or dance or something. But yeah, that, that was Four crazy. years of gym, I was like, wow. Yeah, because I get uncoordinated. If I have nightmare. to like, If I have to do like tennis in front of people, like I cannot hit the the racket or the whatever the Okay, thing so is. you understand her there. And then also I noted that in chapter 10, <laughs> Bella literally says, I think to Edward, she says she, that she's so clumsy, she's almost disabled. So <laughs> she... So maybe it's social terrible. anxiety. Maybe Stephanie Meyer just forgot to include that one of her legs is three inches shorter than the other, and so she can't walk properly. Yeah, it could be something that like... They just, she never went to the doctor and got, like, the medical (laughs) diagnosis. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I definitely think that, like, clumsiness related to Edward, we'll keep an eye on it. And I'm only, like, I'll keep an eye on it as well just because it was, like, a big thing of, like, and the thing, like, she's really apprehensive about going to the dance. And a dance would be somewhere where she'd have to be coordinated in front of other people. So she would feel really uncomfortable with that. Yeah. she, She says, like, I don't dance, which also a big part of her, like, clumsiness uncoordinatedness she gets it from her dad from charlie because he's they're very similar he's also very reserved likes to be alone so she definitely they talk about that like how she gets that from him so like that doesn't necessarily plan to like the extreme clumsiness but we'll see that's something i've never really looked at so i am interested to see how it plays throughout the series and like if if you feel better about it as the series goes on yeah, because so far I'm like, she is, this. there needs to be more of an explanation because she is beyond average human clumsy. Like, she's oh, more yeah. than a mess. So I'm like, we need some explanation, especially for someone who is, like, so aware otherwise. Like, she's so aware of people. She's so aware of life. But, like. But, but she's also very self-aware of her clumsiness. Like, she doesn't, she tries to avoid situations where she knows she's going to trip. Like, so at least she's aware of it. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to the plot. After she gets not hit by the van, Mike and Eric and Tyler, so three different boys at the school, all ask her to the dance, and she rejects each one of them. It's pretty funny, and I got why Edward was laughing at her. And I did want to mention, because, like, I know we're going to talk a little more about some other, like, 
media perceptions of the series. But, like, none of these boys really were very good at accepting her nose because she gives them plenty of indication. Like, she's really polite to them, but she's not interested in any of them. And she has never asked to, like, spend time with them beyond school. And none of them really accept her, like, we're friends in school, that's it. And, like, I just wanted to, like, yell at all of them. I was like, back off. She's not interested. Yeah, which is something, obviously, I think we'll talk a little bit about this in a second, about how, obviously, the series gets a lot of flack about maybe Edward being, like, a stalker and stuff. And I'm like, there's a lot, there's a lot of issues to do with, like, men maybe being a little, like, overstepping, but it, it doesn't come from Edward. So, and obviously, for some people, if you haven't read the series, you wouldn't know that, but... Yeah, definitely that to me there's like like you're saying like to me the how the human boys act in school to me is way worse than anything Edward does. But we'll see. You'll, we'll see if what your opinion is as yeah. we keep going. And Well, we can talk about the stock. Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to also mention that something I did notice this time, Bella actually says that she feels guilty about telling Mike that she's not interested in taking him taking him to the dance. And she says how she hates being put in that position. And that just really points again to how she clearly values other people's feelings over her own. Even though she is not interested in him, by saying no, she's not interested. She still feels bad that she's, like, hurting his feelings. So she's – and she's still, like, aware of it. So, like, she's definitely – and that's what I feel like makes her interesting because most people, like, wouldn't be like that. But – Well, I feel like there's a lot of internalized sexism in that, like, that – he's a man and she has to be responsible for his feelings, which is completely wrong. It's not how it should be. But like the fact, like I, like when I was reading that, it was more like she's a woman and she's been put down for her whole life that like, she should be responsible for men's feelings. And that really bothered me. I definitely see that. But for Bella, I don't think it's a specific thing to men. It's something for everyone. She feels that way about everyone. I think she talks about it with Jessica, with with Angela. Like, she feels that way about everyone because she has so – she looks at herself as that she needs to put everyone else – it's like the kind of people who, like, want to help everyone but will refuse to Mm -hmm. help themselves. So it's, like, definitely, like, not – it's not a good way to be. That's a flaw. Like she shouldn't be like that, but that's something I think that really defines her character. So, but I, yeah, the idea of like internalized sexism, I don't think necessarily applies here because I don't think it's gotcha. just with men. I think it's with everyone. She puts everyone yeah. above her. But I also just wanted to point out, since we're talking about the terrible men, um, Mike, you're going to see throughout the series. He's literally the worst of them. He doesn't give up. He will continue to be, <laughs> Wait, he's in more than just this book? Yeah, the humans are... The humans I mean, are they have to be at least, least in the next book until she graduate graduates high school. high school. Oh, God. Yeah, so, but I'm saying, like, he is there, and, like, he does... Like, she doesn't know he... He does oh. not give up yet. So that's why I'm saying, like, there are more problematic characters, I think, but we'll see. Obviously, there are more side characters, so it's not a huge part, but still. And also, I was going to say that Mike... In- particular what we're reading right now he's also like super possessive of bella because he looks resentfully at bella because she sat with edward one when the first day she sits with edward at lunch and it's like bella can do whatever she wants why do you feel like you have like this claim on her so yeah yeah mike is one of my least favorite characters Ugh. that if he if he cannot respect her like she's not giving him consent to do anything with her he needs to get over that and like so we you know Bella has moved to a new school, and I moved a lot growing up, and I actually moved at the same time Bella did. I moved to a new school when I was starting 11th grade. And so I do know where, like, if you are the new person, there's, like, an exotic appeal to you because you're something new Mm -hmm. that everyone sort of has. But, like, if you, like, I... Like, I definitely know what that's like. I also went to international schools before that. So I'd, like, know when, like, when people move or, like, are come in new. Like, there's definitely, like, a, ooh, I want to meet the new person. But, like, if the new person is, like, I don't want to go to the dance with you. You should go with my friend. Like, stop harping on her. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hate him. I mean, obviously, if he does anything untoward, I will slap him. But, like, oh, yeah. 
You're also not gonna like. You're also not gonna like Jacob Black, who you keep referring to as Taylor. The character's Lautner, name is Taylor. Because Lautner. ultimately, he's the most problematic character. Anyway, he's my least favorite character, and I think a lot of people. I was looking at. I was looking at Twilight TikTok, and people who are Twilight fans do recognize that, like Jacob slash. I guess you're gonna refer to him as Taylor Lautner throughout this. That he is very problematic. So, but we'll see. Your, I definitely it'll be interesting to see your opinion as you go through this for as a newcomer to see like, oh, because like I said, the series definitely does not necessarily age well. I will put that yeah. out. It, there are some things that like are just not okay. But yeah, well, I'll keep we'll keep an eye we on it. You know, eventually. we understand like things don't age well, and that's we'll 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 be we'll mark those things as they come up for sure. So far, I've already don't like Jacob like. I mean, he's just a child so far. He's just like a little, like little boy obsessed with a little with a girl who's <laughs> older than him. And as long as it stays like that, but I also like again, I you know you can't avoid social media and like the whole like Team Jacob, Team Edward. And from what I always understood, without having read the books, I was that person who was like judging in advance. Like it did never seem like she really wanted to be with Jacob. Like he just wanted to be with her, and so like we kind of had to like divide into teams with Edward and Jacob. Even though, like, she's been pretty mono, you know, maniacal on Edward. But, again, I don't know. So we'll see how that goes as it ages, as we get through the series. But I do want to talk a little more about some more things about Bella. Because we started, like, getting ahead of, like, what she, you know, her personality. We learned some really important things. Like, she can cook. She basically parents her mom and her dad. She doesn't check her email because she's very irresponsible. She doesn't make her bed because she's incredibly irresponsible. And most importantly, probably, Bella is sickened by the smell of blood. And Asia, did you, did I read this wrong? Because it sounded to me like, so the day they're doing the blood typing, the teacher just comes in and he pricks Mike's finger without, like, asking him, without being like, we're typing blood. Like, I knew that's what they were doing. But, like, it kind of just sounded like the teacher just came in and, like, poked Mike and drew blood. And I was like, you didn't even ask for permission. <laughs> like, he just went for it. <laughs> I think he just said, like, Mike, hold out right? your hand, and he, like, held up his finger. He didn't and then say, he we're testing him. your I'm blood sure type. We should talk about blood types. No, no consent. consent. <laughs> that's also, don't do that. Um, I know my blood type. Asia, do you know your blood type? No, we've had we've had this conversation I don't even know how many times throughout our friendship. And he's like, you should ask your parents. They'll know. Called my mom and my dad. Neither of them know my blood type. I don't know my blood type. I... I think I got blood drawn like a couple years ago, but I probably forgot to ask. So I have no idea. That's definitely something I should know. Everyone should know. Okay, we're going to go to the doctor together but I don't and we're going to find my blood your blood drawn type. I'm the universal donor. I'm O negative. So if you need blood, take mine. Just kidding. I'm not allowed to donate blood in the United States. But um, <laughs> I was born in Germany at a certain time period where you can't give blood in the United States. It's a long story. But... I, anyway, you should know your blood type. Bella says she knows hers. She didn't tell us, though, so we'll see. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know if she says that later, but then we we do meet Jacob on the beach. Well, Taylor Lautner. We meet Taylor Lautner, and he's a Native American teenager, so yeah, I can see that there's going to be lots of rooms for some things to go problematic from there. But he's a family friend of Bella's, and his dad is actually the person who sold the truck to Charlie. And he's really cute so far. He's, like, tan, he's pretty, and he's sweet. And, like, Bella actually feels comfortable talking to him. And he's really, really into Bella. Yeah. Which definitely, for problematic things, like, I, they don't even, in the book it's referred to as Indian, not mm-hmm. Native American, which, that's a problem. But anyway, back to the story. The fact that Bella is able to trick Jacob into telling her more about the Cullens and, like, her flirting with him, that proves that she is obviously good at reading people, and she could use it to her advantage if she wanted, but I just, she just seems like she's usually not very interested. Yeah. She's able to tune in and tune out of, like, human and social interaction, but, you know, then she goes and stupid, like, later on. She goes wandering when they go to Port Angeles. She gets lost irresponsible and and it's like it's a little it's not frustrating yet but it is like she's so good at reading people because when she and jess and angela hang out she reads angela's comfort level and she redirects the conversation away from jess so that angela feels comfortable 
like she's clever that way. Like she's people smart, but she's not like street smart because she almost gets assaulted. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that more because we do get a lot on Bella in this reading and we get a lot of insight into her personality. And that's something I'm thinking rereading this now. I think I am going to notice it more in the fact of, like we said, she's very observant. She seems to know how to read people really well, but then she does things that aren't like rational, especially too, because like I'm seeing her, like we said, like she has kind of become the parent filled the parent role with her mom and she cooks and like she kind of take and now she's living with charlie and she's kind of taking care of him like she's filled that adult role but then she still doesn't think like an adult in certain situations and like you're saying maybe she's people smart but she doesn't have street smarts because she's never actually been put in that position before but she's our josh newman josh doesn't know how to do dishes and he makes irrational decisions Bella doesn't okay, know how to make she, her bed. She makes irrational decisions. She knows how to make her bed, which that is not something that, like, most teenagers do not make their bed. I was not one of those people because I'm a very organized, anal person. I made my and bed. so are you, but not everybody's like that. So that's something that, like, that doesn't bother me. But I will say that the idea, I think something, like I said, it will be like this back and forth of, like, she's smart and, like, knows certain things, but then she will make stupid decisions, which could stem again from her idea of she has no self-preservation. Like, she ignores that. Like, she doesn't think... When when it comes to protecting herself and saving herself, she doesn't think, which is, like, that's not a good thing. No, but it's not. now I want to talk about Edward showing up to save Bella from, you know, the potential rapist, which I don't... Like, that's, like, pretty much what it's being hinted at because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of... People obviously you'll see in like media and stuff think that Edward is a stalker for listening in and following her and ultimately saving her. But what did you think of that scene or just that in general? Yeah, I mean, I do think I get where that criticism is coming from, but I think that's an unnuanced criticism. I think that because so Edward following her around and saving her, definitely he should not be doing that. But after this incident, she gives him consent to do that. She's okay with it. It'll be one thing if he was stalking her, he saves her life, and she's like, you need to stop following me around. And if he kept doing that, then he would be a stalker. And he what like his behaviors before she gives him permission, definitely stalker vibes. But then he tells her mm-hmm. and she's okay with it. And that's on her. And like this goes to like like unpopular feminism, but like That's her choice. If she wants him to follow her around, I don't know why she would. That's weird. But, like, that's her thing. And she wants that. And, like, I don't think it's... I think that's an intellectually dishonest argument to say that he's a stalker after she has said she's okay with it. Yeah. You know, like, he's laid his cards on the table. He's like, I'm a vegetarian vampire, but I do want to drink your blood really, really badly. And, but, like, she she knows that. And she's like, I still want him in my life. And so that's okay then. I don't I don't think that's stalkerish. I also after think they've decided that together. What kind of thing people obviously then because like the fact is you can criticize and disagree with Bella's decision, but just like has how we're talking Definitely, we're talking it's about the feminism thing. The whole idea of is fem- feminism is is a, you should be able to be a strong woman, like I said, in any context. And the fact is if now feminism is, if people are trying to say that feminism is this idea that you have to be a strong, independent woman, constantly on your own, doing everything for yourself, like, that's kind of unfair to the women who don't do that or who don't want to do that. Like, so it just should just be that women have the choice to do whatever they want. Like, that's all we should be working towards. But anyway, I... And if she wants him to follow her around like a creep, like, whatever her kink is, that's fine with me. Like... Yeah. Um, I, I, this is one of those quotes. I found one of the quotes that I texted Asia of, like, the pretty sappy bad writing. Um, <laughs> after he saves her and Edward sends the girls away, Bella's in her head. She's like, I wanted nothing more than to be alone with my perpetual savior. Like, <laughs> Just saying, like, and I would just laugh out loud at that because it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's, a good, it's actually really good that I sent you that one because she's saying, it's like, she wants him. She wants him to be doing this so yeah if again if she tells him at some point stop following me around stop listening in and he keeps following her then we'll definitely put him in the stalker category and we'll slap him but until that happens and that's why he like, has every reason to think yeah, yeah it's the idea of like you can totally be like i th- that's terrible like i would never do that but you can't disrespect her choice but i also wanted to yeah going off of bella's personality and everything and people disagree with that 
Kristen Stewart, the actress in the movies, she gets a lot of flack for playing Bella as a bland and super passive. And I'm always like, she's not a bad actress. Bella's just a bad character. Like, she's playing the character exactly how it's written. So she's actually doing really well. It's just that you're seeing it, you're like, oh, this character's boring. But that's literally how it's written. And, like, Charles, I know you haven't seen all the movies, but, like, what do you think of Bella so far? No, I think that's a totally accurate... So, like, you know, the only big plot point we have left is basically they go up on their Saturday date. And, again, like, there's, like, five times during the date when Edward, like, he really wants to drink her blood. And he, like, tones it down. He resists. He doesn't kill her. Great. But, like, she's very passive. Like, she, when she figures out he's a vampire, she's like, he's a vampire. He wants my blood. And I'm totally in love with him. And then she, like, spends a day thinking about it. And she's like, I don't care. I want him. And then she says that to him multiple times. Like, she doesn't care that he's going to kill her. He just, like, she just wants him. And granted, I disagree with that as, like, that's not a great personality. But that is her personality is, like, passive, bland. It makes sense. It makes sense for her character. Definitely. She's parental and she's, like, responsible for other people. But she's, like, laid back. She's not, like, and I think she just has, a, like, very little self-worth. Not in a self-deprecating way like she's like oh i'm so ugly like no one likes me in a she just doesn't think about herself ever if that makes sense like she literally has no self-worth in that she doesn't she doesn't think about herself at all whether it's in a bad way or a good way like she's she's aware of other people but and she's kind of like self-aware of herself but she doesn't think about her own interests or her own desires she just kind of like exists yeah, I don't know if I'm saying not that well. Good. That's not a good no, thing to do. No, it's not a good quality in a person. That's not a good quality to have, which I do think – I'm trying to remember. I, I mean, it's She it's grows fiction. out of this. She grows to be better, yeah. I think. We'll, we'll, and, like, we'll one there. of the things that, like, I, like, noticed is that Edward – and this is because Edward is trying to, like, not kill her, but he's very hot and cold with her. Like, he's trying to decide if it's the right choice to pursue her or if he should be with her – if it's worth it, and he's very hot and cold, which, like, someone with a little more emotional self-worth wouldn't tolerate that. Or they would, like, stand up to it more because he, he's, like, nice to her one day, mean to her the other, like, won't answer her questions, asks her a bunch of questions. And if she, like, thought more highly of, like, her own value, she'd be like, stop doing this. Yeah. Which she also has to remember, like, She's, what, 17, never been in a relationship, never been put in this position before. So it makes sense, like I said, for her character that she hasn't immediately stood up to that. But she has definitely in her thoughts, because it's first person, she's noted that, like, oh, he's having one of his mood swings again. And like I said, that is something, like, she does end up saying something. I I don't remember when exactly, but she will say something. But... Because you can be with a moody person. Like, that's totally a valid, like, that's not a, you know. Also, we talked about this a little bit, like, the other day about Edward's moodiness is really stemming from, and he mentions it briefly when, in the last chapter we read, chapter 13, in the meadow about how he's like, I wish you could see inside my mind, like, the confusion going on. Because obviously he has this thirst to drink her blood because, like, they describe it like she's, like, his perfect... Uh, perfect brand of heroin. So he's like basically trying to resist the drug of her, but at the same time, he's really interested in her like in a romantic way. So it's kind of like juggling that of like, is it worth it to put the risk? And like Bella's like, it's worth it. Like, I don't care if you kill me, (laughs) which also goes to Bella before their date. She has this urge to lie about her whereabouts on that day to everyone, basically to protect Edward. And it kind of speaks to how, again, she thinks of others before herself. And instead of worrying about, you know, what if Edward accidentally hurts me or kills me? All she's worried about that if that does end up happening and something bad happens to her, that she doesn't want him to get in trouble and she wants him to be okay. So like I said, she's just completely ignoring the like her self-preservation instinct. And she still has it because she does mention that there's a tiny voice in the back of her head saying like, wondering if, you know, what if it hurts, like, if he hurts me? But then she, like, shoves it back. She's like, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. But are there any questions, Charles, you have so far what we've read about anything? So I just want to check. Edward is the only vampire who can do the mind reading, right? He says that, right? Or can the other ones I'm, do it, too? 
He specifically says that, I think he does say just me, because she asked if, can the Cullens. So maybe like other, other clans of vampires he said, no, can, just me. but in his household. So yeah, I'm not saying anything else about that, but he does specifically, he says none of the other the members of the Cullens can do it, just him. Gotcha. And so vampires don't go out in the sun because they get sparkly. Are they like... Is it just because they shine? Like, because I think, like, when the movie came out, like, it was, like, a kind of, like, a meme that, like, they become, like, diamond boys. Like, what exactly is it? So, basically, the idea is, yes, they they sparkle, and the meme makes sense. They sparkle like diamonds, shine like a diamond. Shine bright, like... <laughs> yes, like the Rihanna song. Yeah. But anyway, the idea is, because obviously, the myths, most myths say, you know, vampires can't come out during the day because they'll burn in the sun. So, I'm obviously, I would assume, you know, because Stephanie Meyer... I've, I don't know if anybody's ever watched the Vampire Diaries, another big vampire story, like during our, during the same like time period. In Stephanie Meyer's version of like Vampire World, the vampires like have, like they have a very like, I don't know, luxurious life. Like it makes you want to be a vampire. Whereas I feel like on other stories of vampires, you don't necessarily want to be a vampire because there's a lot of downfalls. Like, obviously, you have to kill people, and you can't go out during the day. But in, like, Stephanie Meyer's version, like, the colons, there's a... There's a vegetarian... correct yeah. choice where you don't... Where they're like, we're pruning yeah, overpopulation. Where you don't have to kill yeah, they're like, we're saving the environment yeah, by killing excess species. Yeah, you're just killing more animals. Yeah, and then also, you don't... You shimmer in the sun. You don't burn. And you have a bunch so of cool powers. Like, like yeah... Which we'll learn more as, like, why, because you're asking, like, why they can't, they can't go out in the sun, obviously, because if humans see that, obviously. they're obviously, like, not human. They, it's, it's not in, like, a scary way, but I think it also speaks to how Edward talks about how, how they're, like, designed or whatever, is that they're literally designed to draw you in. So the fact that they sparkle in the sunlight is, like, oh, my God, it's fascinating, like, you can't look away kind of thing. It's all about being able to draw in prey, humans. So the fact is they're really pretty. They smell really good. They, they have perfect are really bodies. Graceful they keep how wearing they those sleeveless shirts. Perfect bodies. So it's saying it's all drawing you in that you just want to keep getting closer and closer until they kill you. So that's where I think that goes in. It's just a different way of, it's not even them being, because it's not scary like they're a monster. It's almost like, um, in like how we just did the mythology books, like the Nereids and like the the sirens, sea mermaids who like they sing the and they bring and you Percy in. Jackson, how and they bring you in, and then right when you get there, they switch to being the scary monster. That is kind of this idea. Gotcha. So that's I guess why they sparkle. And I'm assuming, like I said, she chose that because again, it's more of like what's the word I'm looking for? Like making them more Attractive. like beautiful and more desirable. Like they literally attract yeah, you. Kind in. of. Yeah, and, like, glorifying them as opposed to making, like, because, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, they don't have that many drawbacks, like, to be a vampire. I mean, obviously, if you don't want to, because if you don't want to kill humans, you can just do the vegetarian diet and, like. Look at you. So nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I do want to give Stephanie Meyer credit for, like, because I'm probably going to be bashing the books, like, for the poor syntax the whole time, is I do think she has teenage feelings down Pat, like she's got, like the way she describes the way Bella feels about Edward, at least from my not too humble personal experience, is very accurate for how you are when you first, like especially your first crush for someone, or even yeah. like the beginning of any like good relationship, like, like if, especially like I literally like again have a high school memory just like Bella's, like when I moved to my new high school. This is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm telling you this, but like. When I moved to a new high school, 11th grade, and I'd already, like, had, like, crushes before, but, like, I started, like, talking to someone, and, like, there was, like, very much, like, a crush kind of vibe, and, like, you went home for the weekend, and you didn't see them for the weekend, but you, like, couldn't stop thinking about them, and, like, you know, but Edward takes that to a whole new level where he's, like, following her around the state of Washington, but, like, you know, you kind of want, like, that person, like, walk down the hallway where your locker is because, like, you want to see them. And, like, it's irrational and, like, hormonal and silly. But, like, Stephanie Meyer really describes the feeling quite well. And, like, the way, like, immature, like, almost fanatical romance starts. Like, she's got that yeah. really well. I'll give her credit for that. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that part of it. I mean, I like romance. I also I'm here a, for it. 
Yeah. I mean, that's why I like it so much. I just, I like the romance. Like I said, all the ridiculousness, you just laugh at that part and just keep going. But anyway, I had a question for you, actually. Something when Edward starts driving Bella to school and one of the days, the day before their date, he's going with Alice to go hunting to make sure he's like well, well fed. So he's not as tempted to try to, you know, kill Bella. And he says, and she's like, oh, I'll just walk home, I guess, because he drove her. And he's like, oh, no, Alice and I will go get your car keys and bring your truck here. And Bella's like, at, she's pretty sure she left her keys in, like, the back pocket of a pair of jeans that she's thrown in the dirty clothes. And she's like, there's no way they're going to be able to find it. But when she comes out of school at the end of the day, her truck is there with the key in the ignition, just like they said they would. So I was just wondering, Charles, if you had any guesses as to how Edward and Alice got Bella's car keys, like how they knew where they were. So I think that, I don't know how they knew where it was. I think that they might have some sort of time manipulation power because we know they can like drive cars really fast. And also Edward is going to get in a car crash. Like at some point in these four (laughs) books, this is like a Chekhov's gun. Like he says he's really good. He's never gotten in a car crash. He's going to be distracted by Bella and he's going to get in a car crash at some point in these books. I'm writing it here. (laughs) It's going to happen. Again, I don't, this series isn't complicated enough for all that. Chekhov's gun. Gun is drawn in Act 1. Gun must be fired by Act 5. Edward drives cars too fast in Book 1. Edward crashes a car in Book 4. I'm telling you. But okay, I think that they might have some, like, time manipulation thing where, like, they can run back in time. Or, like, not, like, like, like pause time, I don't know, and go back so that they could, like, get the keys, which is why the door is locked, like, the same way Bella did it. I mean, because, I mean, of course, like, maybe they're just telekinetic and they can just walk through walls. <laughs> but, like... I have no I have no really good guess. Yeah. Okay, well, this is something that I don't think if anything in Midnight Sun, which is separate to the series, that's when Edward's version, I think it might be mentioned there, but I would I I don't remember actually if they say, but I know based off of things I know about the characters, I am assuming how they did it. So, we'll see. We'll figure it out. If you'll be able to figure it out or make a guess later on as you learn more about the Cullens and everything. I really want to meet more of the Cullens. Like, we met Alice. Like, she just said hi. And I'm like, and I remember, like, again, I saw the movie once in a foreign language. (laughs) In a foreign, like. In a foreign language? I watched it in German. In my German class once. In German? Oh, my God. Terrible. And the the first movie is, like. Why would you guys watch Twilight? It was like the end of the year or like the end of the semester and we just take... Whose idea was that? Like half the class was gone. Maybe like half the class was like on a sports trip. And I have no idea. I have no idea why. I didn't realize that was the one time you'd watch it, but that is so funny. The one time I've seen a Twilight movie is the first movie in German. Um... And oh, I wow. speak German, so, yeah, but, like, well, I could understand meet... everything, but, like, it doesn't, that's... like, well, it's doesn't, it doesn't yeah, it's correlate. Also, it... Especially because that's just I... Kristen Stewart speaking German, not very believable. German... Um. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, in the next next half of the book, probably in, like, the next couple of chapters, we're going to meet the rest of the Yeah, because... I... I mean, because we did meet Carlisle, briefly. Because yeah. I remember, like, I know As there's, well. like, the football coming up. Maybe the football doesn't happen. Maybe that's just a movie thing. But, like... Football. It's a big part of the movie. You mean baseball? Oh, baseball. Yeah, same thing. Baseball. <laughs> that... You knew it was some American basketball. Another thing sport. Bella can't do. Um, but, like, I remember meeting the other Cullens. She and, like, watches. I know some of them are going to be, like, icy to her, but, like, I want the ones who are going to be nice to her, who are going to welcome her in. I know it's going to be Alice, like, and Carlisle supports it, and, like, maybe Esme down the line. Like, I want to see, like, other vampires support Bella, especially because I know the other clans are going to come drink her blood. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, I mean, that's why for me, like, I've said, like, I, Twilight's okay. I don't really like, I don't love New Moon. I definitely like the second half of the series more. And I just, I like that we, I like as the story and the world builds. Like, I like when we get, learn more about the vampire world. That to me is where it gets a little bit more interesting. So maybe you'll enjoy that more too, since you do like fantasy. I like world building. But, I like that stuff. So, and we're big yeah, on that. So, on the pod. I mean, I know that. Yeah. So I know I can't wait to keep reading and I'm sure you can't mm-hmm. either. And next week, we will have finished our first Twilight book. So we are going to be finishing Twilight for next week. So if you're reading with us, go ahead and just read to the end of the book. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't wait because I'm like a little smitten with Edward myself. Like I'm crushing pretty hard on him. Granted, I don't want him to kill me. So I'm not like Bella, but like he is described in a very attractive way. Like I understand why she's a little head over heels. And of course, wait, one thing. Do you think quick thing? Do you think that Edward is going to hurt Bella? Not intentionally. No, I think that. Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think he's going to hurt and or kill her or wound her in some way? Do you think that's going to happen? Only like if a she asks for, for the it. Series based off of the. Okay. Well, because I mean, I don't know how vampires work in this series, but like the way vampires work in most other series is like to become a vampire, you get you someone drinks your blood and they either kill you or you become a vampire as well. So like, okay, if she asks him to like cause her pain, like because again she has no self worth, maybe she'll be like, I'm bored one day, you know, like why don't we try biting? Like you know, you're like we have different blood types, and if I you consume my blood, you'll get a blood clot and die. Like you know. Like, I, yeah, I don't think I'm, that he will. Like, his, he's working just, so hard. Like, if, if it I happens, it's because someone else causes it. Okay, I just wanted to ask because the idea of, you know, her, like, you know, her not valuing her self-worth and her being okay with, like, the risk, I think that's ultimately not bothering me that much because since I've read the series, I know what happens and I, like, you know what I mean? Sure. So I know that, I know that he's not going to kill her. Yeah, like, so far, I don't think that he's going to cause her any pain because he has, like, well, he's not going to attack her because he's really trying really hard to, like, avoid it. Like, yeah, like, they kiss, and he really wants to keep going, but he's like, I have to take a break because I have to be (laughs) sure that I'm not over, like, come. So I think that, like, if it happens, it's probably because someone else changes the circumstances, whether it's her asking for it or someone else tricking him, like a Romeo and Juliet situation. Like, it... Like, I don't think Edward, like, of his own volition is going to lose control and attack her. Okay. I just want to know that. And if you have questions, predictions, or theories about that and you want to talk to us about that, you can always stay in touch with us on the Nerd Party website. You can obviously talk to us about the other series as well or start talking to us about Twilight. Just don't spoil anything for me because I really haven't read. And um, head over to thenerdparty.com slash contact. You select the dark paperback. It sends us an email. You can get in touch with the network on general on Twitter at Join Nerd Party or on Instagram at The Nerd Party or on Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party. And you can find me directly at C.E. Sheeland on both Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Asia Bonia on Twitter and at Asia.Bonia on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yep. Hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.